0: Hey, Rich! Yo! We're back again for Track Changes, the little podcast that can. Hell yeah. Hey, Rich, have you ever been a chief technology officer? I've never formally had the title.
1: But you have have you done the work? I, I would think so. Is it fun? Oh, It's not fun. Um, it, it has its moments.
0: I thought it'd be really interesting to talk to some chief technology officers, because th- these are the people who decide how the big apps and the big websites actually get made. Okay. So you found some? Yeah, two examples. One is Etsy. It's a little website you might have heard of. Mm -hmm. The other one is Rent the Runway. Also heard of it. Okay. So we got the CTOs, former CTOs. Of both. To come on in and talk to us. Boom. These two people together could manage probably something like three or four hundred engineers at any given moment. And easily I think maybe happen- even more than maybe that. Maybe even more. Yeah. Probably
1: more. Yeah.
0: I'm oh. gonna go ahead and guess more. The person who just spoke is Camille Fournier. Camille, thank you for coming in.
2: <laughs> thank you for having me.
0: You were until not too long ago the head of engineering and then the CTO of Rent the Runway. Yes. And that is here in Manhattan? Yes it is. Okay. And how long were you there?
2: About four years.
0: Okay. And immediately to your left is Kellen Elliott McRae. Hello. Who I've known for a long time and was the CTO of Etsy. Indeed. So how did you guys meet?
2: My friend Harry.
0: Ah, yes, who Harry. Who is uh,
2: one of my best, best, best friends for a long time. And I think I remember the time we met was at Tom and Jerry's. Sounds likely. And this was right after I had started at Rent the Runway.
0: Bar right above Houston Street. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yes. Some event with Foursquare people. Good dark and stormy. Yeah, there was a lot of Foursquare people there because Harry was running engineering at Foursquare, and he introduced me to Kellen, who is you know like all my good friends. The first time I met him, I thought he was kind of obnoxious. Uh, Kellen
0: <laughs> might be a little bit obnoxious, aloof is what I'm getting. <laughs> no, I mean he's
1: just okay. Sorry, let's we'll come back to that. <laughs> I, I met Kellen. This is this is useful because I met Kellen ten minutes ago. Yeah. And I'm trying to get him to smile at me. <laughs> no, what, like he's a toddler? Like Are you holding, well, holding no, up just, brightly colored pieces I of paper? Can I make an impression on Kellen in these first 10 or 15 minutes? When a man's been the CTO
0: of Etsy, do you think you can easily make an impression? You think, mean, that, could, think about what he's seen. Oh, man. Fair. So many crafts. So, I mean, yeah. I'm ki- and I'm kind of fascinated by the two of you because you're CTO pals. Like That, to me, is a cool thing to be. We have a whole CTO club. Do you really? Is there a CTO club in New York City?
2: There are multiple. There are many CTO, CTO clubs. clubs oh, tell New me York about City.
0: this. I don't understand anything about this. So we should actually explain for our audience that this is chief technology officer.
3: Yes.
0: Right. It's a pretty serious role in an organization. And what it means is that... So, Rich, I would say that engineers are expensive and often complicated individuals. Yes. And so a CTO is somebody who can wrangle not just a couple, but usually dozens, hundreds of engineers, and get them to build really big abstract technologies and ship them and make money from them. CTO, well, the make money happens on the other side I, of the wall. I
3: would say it's an aspirational goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so to be a CTO is actually to be able to wrangle an enormous amount of abstractions. And it's also not necessarily a role that people talk about in New York City as much as like, this is not Silicon Valley. We're in a different place. Thank God. Right, okay, so that's, why do you say thank God?
2: Well, so for me personally, I live in New York, at least partly because I have spent time in San Francisco and the Valley, and I did not want to live in a place where my career was, like, the thing, where everyone around me, like, you can't, you know, throw a can and not hit an engineer or another CTO. It's just everywhere. I like to, like, hear people talking about things that are not tech when I go out to dinner.
3: Fair enough. What about you? Uh, Same. I mean, well, First, there was a girl. But, uh, you know, that, that aside, the other reason for being in New York, the girl being my wife, of going on two decades, but whatever. The other reason being very much what Camille said, you know, in San Francisco, you meet people and they're like, yeah, I'm in tech. But, you know, I have this side project at night. You know, I work at a startup during the day, but at night, I'm doing a startup. I have a night startup. I have a night startup. I have day and night startups. <laughs> you have know, in New York... I, I, You know, there are more and more tech. I mean, certainly when I moved here, like it was kind of weird to be in tech. It's now pretty common. I live in Williamsburg. It might as well be the mission. But people at night at least do other things. You know, at night I have a band. At night I'm in a theater. At night I – like there is something else that you do. I I drink wine until blackout. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
2: Only if you're a
1: CTO. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) fair enough. There's a recurring theme taking hold. If you listen to our first ever podcast – I think I made this exact point about how New York is about all the other stuff, and that's what yeah. makes it kind of New York. Well, because we're very—you know—we had uh,
0: John Lacks come in and talk about being at Facebook for a year. Yeah. You know, he's gone over in a good way. Like he's—he's he's got a big job and he's doing a lot of work. And we had to get him to break out a lot of acronyms for us mm. because we were just like, "Wait, what is what is that?" I can't remember what they were.
3: It's like high-value individuals or yeah. individual <laughs> contributors – ICs. <laughs> oh. ICs, yeah. Weird yes. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we, we probably talk about Etsy daily. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny. Some people ask me, so like, oh, yeah, I thought Etsy was from San Francisco. I'm like, who would have sold something on the site if we'd been in San Francisco? Like, of course it's from Brooklyn. Like, I mean, there actually is an amazing solar community in San Francisco. But you can't imagine bootstrapping something like Etsy in San Francisco. Like, where would you find anyone to use the tool? Fair enough, because now
0: everyone is too busy crafting a startup at night. Yes, exactly. And nobody is knitting, and, and, knitting and, and, minions. And
3: digital goods came much later in the life cycle of the product. So. Right, yeah. that's right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, question for both of you. Where are you originally from?
2: I was born in D.C. but raised in Tallahassee, Florida, actually.
3: Okay. I, I'm from the Bay Area, San Cruz, California. Oh, wow. So you're you're hating on home, huh? Well, you know, San Francisco is, is going through a dark and dystopian time. You know, this is sort of not the San Francisco that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. You know, They sort of built a floating walkway somewhere by your iPhone uh, uh, over top of the city right now. And it kind of casts a shadow on everybody. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So now you two have, I want you
0: to explain what Fiasco is. Oh, boy. It's on your LinkedIn page.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well,
3: so first you have to understand that we're both rather unemployed at the moment. I mean, we both have projects, and we have some projects together and some separate projects. Some of them pay the bills. Some of them fail to pay the bills. But one of the things that you find leaving the CTO job is there's a fair amount of decompression to do. Talk about the compression for one second.
0: What was that like? What's hard about being a chief technology officer?
2: Uh, Oh, how do you answer this question tactfully? What isn't hard about being it, I guess, is... uh, I
0: think that managing lots of people... Like, people are hard, right? People
2: are hard, but I would say the hardest part at the end of the day is the executive part of the job, Mm. I think, is, you know, it's dealing with the CEO, dealing with the board, dealing with the other executives, you know, trying to both protect the engineering team and keep it, you know, engineers are fragile creatures and they want to be coddled and, you know, they have their needs and you want them to be happy because they're so hard to hire, but also like the business has things that need to get done and you're constantly kind of the person that feels like they're in between those two worlds. I mean, that's not all of it, but that's, to me, that was definitely a huge part of like just being stuck in the middle of all of those negotiations. Yeah,
3: I, I think the best CTOs, I mean, there, there are a lot of different possible meetings for a CTO, including, like, the first person dumb enough to take a job at this company. I mean, there there's sort of lots of possible ways you get to be CTO. But so the best CTOs are that bridge between sort of the executive functioning and the engineering function. And if you're in a tech startup, at least, you probably have the largest org. You certainly have the most expensive and sort of needy organization. And you're both the site of, I mean, like I said, your major expense for the company, but you're also the site of what differentiates the company. And you're trying to build something special. And you know there are aspects of, of engineering. There's a reason textile sort of thing. There are aspects of engineering culture that allow you to sort of envision the future in, in different ways that kind of run counter to standard business culture. And like your job is in that middle line. I mean, but like
0: what though? What's a, what's an example?
3: You know, classic ones around decentralized decision-making, access to information, you know, good ideas come from anywhere, failure as part of learning. Like, these are not sort of your standard executive belief systems. I
0: noticed, I remember once reading the Etsy blog, and and you guys are very big on postmortems.
3: We are very big on postmortems.
0: Tell the audience what a postmortem is, and maybe both of you, too. Were you also a postmortem fan?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Etsy certainly did a great job of making that practice really widespread in the tech industry. But it's not like it's, you know, people have been doing retrospectives and, and you know, looking at events for a long time. But, of course, a postmortem is when something goes wrong, particularly when, the, when you have an engineering outage. Mm-hmm. And you make an effort to, once you've sort of gotten things stabilized and things are back working okay, to understand and learn from what happened. Uh,
3: so how do I do a good one? Sure. Um, And I would, I mean, I'm pretty dorky about this topic. Like, we are the Church of Postmortems, or or Etsy was the Church of Postmortems. So I would back up a couple of steps and say, first, it's not about something went wrong. So, you know, I know better than you, but we're going to operate on the assumption that Rich is a a competent and well-meaning individual. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Big leap. Big leap. Uh, We just met. Uh, I like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And so you have a theory. There are are reasons you've developed the theory that the thing that you're about to do is going to work. And when it doesn't work, that's surprise. So it's not necessarily, I mean, sure, you know, something went bad. But, like, the interesting part is you had a theory. Your theory was wrong. The delta between your theory and what happened, that's surprise. And, like, when there is surprise, you do a postmortem. Because something about the environment led you to believe that what you were going to do as a competent, well-intentioned individual was going to work. The environment misled you. There were missing tools. There were missing practices. There were things that were broken about it. You know The tests were passing, and actually it turned out the tests had just been commented out, and they always passed, or, you know, or whatever it was. There were things that misled you. And so now we're going to delve into why you were surprised. And you start off a good postmortem by getting the timeline. And you're trying to get an objective timeline of what happened. And this is going to be very useful for a bunch of reasons later. But the primary reason you do the objective timeline is everyone comes in freaked out.
0: So wait, are you... Is, and I'm talking to both of you. Are yep. you
3: making the timeline, or are you
0: saying go make a timeline?
3: This is this is you, you've gotten people in the room. Hopefully, there are people are bringing some information about the timeline. But like the first part of this collective, like we're all going to sit in the room and talk about why we got surprised, is objective. How many people should be in this room? There's not a hard and fast rule. Obviously, it gets harder the more people are in the room. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I would say the interesting thing to me about postmortems, just to interject for a minute, is yeah. that. I think Etsy's even like John Olspaugh, who's one of the big you know postmortem folks from Etsy, has like run classes on doing postmortems. Other people have run like you can take training. It's not a whole, it's not a long training. But you can take training on how to run a postmortem, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's kind of like any other meeting. It depends on a little bit on who's there yep. and your discipline in following a certain process. Some of my favorite postmortems have actually been business postmortems, which are you know, I think you can't describe that necessarily as someone had a theory and then they were surprised. Often the surprise was that nobody had a theory at all. There was no plan and then, you know, many someone things always
3: had a theory about why it was a good idea. Even if it was mm, unexamined.
2: Maybe maybe that. There's
3: always a theory about why I mean there are often unexamined theories. Like are... I was hungry and we needed to get this done. I'm just like, saying there are theories that play in. So it's
2: always a little bit different. You know, you yep. set up the timeline, but the the number of people in the room, the discipline with which yep. you do it. The interesting thing about the postmortem is the goal is not to be blaming people for Fat fingering something, mistyping something, having a bad theory, but just to actually make explicit the unstated assumptions and make explicit the things that, you know, whoops, we really didn't think that that could go wrong. What can we learn from this?
3: And the fascinating thing is the person who's most likely to blame someone is the person who made the mistake. I just wasn't paying attention. Human error. Like, I should have been doing my better job. That's kind of useless. I mean, the fact that that, that you weren't perfect is not actually news to any of us. Like, this is not actionable information. And so a huge piece of of trying to get past the blame is trying to get past the person who was the primary actor blaming themselves. Because once we get past that, we can start to understand what it is that led them to sort of their false confidence to act.
0: Okay. So now you've started an organization called Fiasco.
2: No, no, no. We are interns. Mm -hmm. We
0: are interns. We are
2: interns at Fiasco.
0: Yes. So you've left, you've both left CTOing, and you both sort of decided to hell with it at the same
3: moment in your lives, roughly. Yes. Coincidence.
1: You just keep running into each other on the street. They both have the same tattoo. Yes. Yeah. Which is no tattoo. It's it's of a cloud service. (laughs) And you can't see it, but it's there. Would you CTO again? Yes, no.
2: Yes, but not next.
1: Oh, what's next?
2: Hopefully not CTO.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, it it would depend on the people. It's a terrible job. Yeah. What makes it terrible? What makes it good? What makes it terrible? And so, I mean, a huge piece of what makes it terrible is any other, like any other senior management job and certainly any other senior management job that sits atop a creative profession. You got here because you were good at doing something else that you really enjoyed You know, and as your team gets larger and larger, you know, if you are being responsible, all the fun parts of your day you've delegated. And the only thing that manages to make it to your desk are the people problems. And actually, you've got people for the people problems. So the only thing that manages to make it to your desk are the people problems that they didn't want to deal with. By definition, you are dealing with the things that were not easy and do not have easy answers and look nothing like the reason you started doing this work. I think that
1: definition is actually a universal one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... Yeah. C-blank-O yes. explanation right. yes. that he just gave. Yeah.
3: And yes. it has nothing to do with,
1: with tech, actually, at that point. Well, well, tech, I think, adds its own set of tech, wrinkles te- to yes. it because the of just the, the subculture bubble that yep. you tend to be nurturing I mean, inside of this,
3: starting with a, a real distaste and sort of scorn on management as a profession which is part of the sort of the tech subculture. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's a lot of self-hatred that goes into being a a, a sort of a tech executive. Um, Because you should be
0: a genius programmer.
2: Yeah,
3: exactly. That's the real work.
2: Because the best organizations don't need managers, man. (laughs) They are just like free. They just self-organize. Like GitHub
0: or Valve. right? Exactly. Yeah, so there's a lot of – If if we
2: were smart enough (sighs) – We could just lead ourselves.
0: What listeners don't know is that this is actually a real theme in in tech culture is that maybe management shouldn't be there at all. It's just getting in the way of true productivity.
1: I mean, you could argue that the best CTOs appear to be not touching
3: anything. Uh, Most of the time, right? I mean, I think the best – and again, you know, sort of the – the fifth order leadership, or whatever you know, people think that they're doing it themselves, or whatever the sort of the various Jim Collins. I think the best CTOs seem like they're not doing things most of the time. Seem, I think, is the key. But also, there does have to be. I'm a strong believer in this. Not everyone agrees. Like there does have to be teeth. Like there does have to be a sense that they're like these are the boundaries. These are the lines. As long as you stay yeah. inside these lines, everything is fine. Yeah. When you step outside these lines, then we have a conversation. Correct. And if, and if that is absent, as it so often is in organizations, then you have a problem. See, that's yeah. one of the things
0: with partnering with Rich is Rich is the teeth. Yeah. Like you you are you are very clear about boundaries in the organization that we've built. I'm learning that as we partner.
1: Yeah, I think conveying where those boundaries are is good. I think yeah. constantly going around and biting people doesn't get you there. Yeah. Um, I think signaling out that those boundaries are there. And again, I think you're speaking pretty universally here. I'm sort of the operational lead of a shop which is not CTO, but yeah. very a lot just about I'd say ninety percent of what you're laying out here applies. I mean uh, it's it's
2: a little bit like raising toddlers, which all of us are familiar with, right? Oh, you hated the
3: analogy of parenting and managing. I do because I'm a woman <laughs>
2: and therefore I turned into mom. But nobody likes mom. <laughs>
1: You don't Camille, want to I disagree mom. with your term toddlers. I got I yeah. to be watchful here. We've got a team of people. No, no. <laughs> if I sit here and agree, if you jump in and agree with this, Paul.
2: No, I don't say, mean... Yeah, I they do, are like toddlers. No, I, no I, <laughs> do, I only mean like toddlers or like children and that like, you know, one of the things if you read any parenting literature that you are supposed to set boundaries for your children, right? And so, yes, your team is not children. They are adults, and they should – in fact, I think this is one of the things that I love about the tech culture is that you do want them coming back to you and, you know, having a conversation. But at the end of the day, for organizations to run successfully – there have to be yep. standards, and you may reevaluate those standards. Yep. You may question them occasionally and change them. It's not that they have to be set in stone, but they have to exist. Mm. So I'm
0: not supposed to help engineering in the toilet.
1: That's that's just been a big... i I've caught you <laughs> twice, and seriously, one more time, we've got a whole other set of issues. Um, I think you're 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 laying it out exactly. You know, I think the other wrinkle here is some of the best engineers, they have this view of how of that what they do that the craft that they're doing is just pure and it's too bad that it's been tainted by business and tainted by all these other interests because there is a
0: purity to what they're doing well, and that comes you see that in like language battles that's oh, when, when people start monads. To, yeah 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 monads right like the whole haskell <laughs> scene now you were all php for about 700 years so
3: so so etsy was a was a diverse set of technologies when i arrived five years ago and We standardized on PHP, among other things. I mean, PHP has this amazing quality. You never have to argue about the elegant way to do anything.
1: It's true. You just It's just done. He's pulled out that argument before. Yeah, it's like it <laughs> yeah. You, it, it's just never part of the conversation. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's true. There, there's there's
0: a way to do it. Oh, tires will burn for so long. You just light them on fire and <laughs> just burn and burn. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, no, I... I uh, I meant to listen to the podcast so I had some idea what we were going to talk about. No, it's um, just
0: mostly us throwing people under the bus. Absolutely. So I started
3: to listen to the last one and, I, and I, I just couldn't take it anymore because actually I think it was Rich said something like, well, you know, you should really let people use exciting platforms or no, something like that. Boo. And I was just like, oh, no. this is what you were angry about. Like, okay. no, yeah. no, 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 no. If, if people are excited about the technology, you've already lost the first Remind battle. Remind me of this? I don't remember. Yeah. Why. I, don't, I don't have a listening. Oh, it
1: means if you're, if you're selecting yeah. a technology, you're like, oh, use something what is People team. are
3: excited about it. I was just like, oh my God, if they're excited about the platform, like your world is in for pain. I
0: mean, you said that out loud, but you've mm-hmm. been badly burned by exciting <laughs> technologies before. Yeah. 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 There have been ugly situations in the past where, where people were committed to a certain language. I don't even want to say it. Uh, the
1: truth is, I mean, when Etsy started, there was probably whatever, four, six engineers that two. enthusiastically, uh, two, that enthusiastically got well, behind. One of his jobs was to make animated flames. The other one wrote a lot of code. Okay, so mm-hmm. one, yeah. yeah, but that person picked up what they felt really good at and what they were excited about, and yep. that planted the seed. I'm uh, pretty sure
0: Buzzfeed's still mostly Pearl, actually, because it it came okay. out of the old yeah. like a mm. lot of the old movable type world and so on. Yeah. And they they really interesting, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: But 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 Etsy evolved from there. I mean, Etsy is 10, ten plus years old at this point, you know. And there there are the lost years. There is the lost year rewriting into Java and the last Year Rewriting into Python, and the last Year Rewriting into Scala. And there was that one page on the oh, site. Scala this light. got you. It got you. You know, Scala. I like this history of
1: et- It yeah. fits Etsy, this history yeah. of Etsy. It's, it's like that imperfect scarf yeah. oh, that yeah. you embrace its imperfection. Oh, yes. very,
0: very much so. So it's just knitted together, the whole stack. It's,
1: and it's fine. Yeah. It's a. It, there's only one of them. Yeah.
0: Well, there,
3: there were purges.
0: <laughs> you, I've but noticed, Actually, are both of you computer science majors? God, no. No, I am, yes. You are,
3: okay.
0: I'm the (laughs) academic. (laughs) I think you just offended Kellen. What (laughs) were you, Kellen?
3: So I was going to a small, and I mean small, 700 student liberal arts college in Western Massachusetts that didn't have majors
0: Um, or razors or anything really. Really? I
3: mean, it's probably best (laughs) known for for the heavy drug culture associated with Halloween. It's probably the thing it's most well known for. Name of the school? Hampshire College. Oh,
0: global systems, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, they like, yeah, they like a good abstract major. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
3: Uh, please, Division three, not a major. Mm. And so, so it was all <laughs> self-guided. So there were a couple of computer science classes in there, but they were taught in the cognitive science department in LISP by the one guy who was really interested in AI and genetic programming. And I only made it through two and a half years of that before dropping out and doing my first startup in Pearl. Right. So.
0: And there wasn't a lot of internet at that point.
2: <laughs> it was the Stone Age.
0: Yeah, though. it <laughs> was. No, I, mean, I, I knew years? you a little bit.
3: Way <laughs> what back? years are these? Uh, uh, 95, 96. 95, okay. Yeah, was oh. just coming out. Yeah, well, I mean, by the time our startup was up and running, sort of 97, uh, you know, we were convinced we'd already missed the internet. Right. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. happened. And then we got acquired by Palm, who, mm. who decided the web was a fad and shut us down. And
0: then did miss the internet. And yeah. did
3: actually miss it can the happen. internet. It can actually happen.
0: And, Camille, you're, I mean, so Carnegie Mellon, little school nobody's heard of. Mm-hmm. And then U.S., which actually has a great program that not everybody knows about. Yeah. But uh, Masters in Comp Sci from University of Wisconsin, which is, yeah, one of the better yeah. Comp Sci programs yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. If and If noticed, like qualified. Well, no, <laughs> that's the thing. I noticed like you, your public, I'm, again, Kellen's public persona is like management, thinking thoughts, post-mortems. Yours, <laughs> yours tends to be more like, let's consider the Paxos algorithm in this context.
2: Uh, you know, it's, it's a little <laughs> bit of both. I did a lot of distributed systems work before I accidentally tripped into management, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had one of those, there's no one to lead this team, so I guess it should be me let's make this happen experiences, which is, I don't know if that's why people go work for startups. It was actually kind of why I went to work for a startup and I'm glad I did it, but before that, I was a distributed systems developer for a really long time. So I, I would like to say I am technical. I yeah, know, well, Kellen. no. I, also I don't. think it's sort of funny that like the impression of me is like s- way more technical than the impression of Kellen because I think of Kellen as as technical as I am and as talking about tech stuff as much as I do. And I think of myself as talking about management stuff probably too much. So
0: I don't know. As I've been watching your profiles, you're <laughs> yeah. you're more pure comp sci. Like you are not likely to come out. And and be like, well, as Leslie Lamport wrote in Bobo, you know. you're a little
3: you've, bit of Hacker. Yeah. That's right yes, true. I
0: mean, Kellen is, when you were, you actually won awards for destroying. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Kellen, did you bring down what part of Yahoo? You brought something down.
3: Uh, okay. And so, and, and it's, uh, we're, we're actually telling the story chronologically. I normally tell it in reverse chronological order. Oh, um, like so, fiction? This Pulp Fiction? Pulp like your... Fiction, absolutely. So uh, at Etsy, we had an award called the Three Arms Sweater Award that we we granted to people who most spectacularly broke the site in a given year. And we can talk about sort of some of the really spectacular fails because they are spectacular, complex systems, it turns out, is is a sort of a, a never-ending joy. But it was inspired by an earlier award at Flickr, which is called the Grant Padishal Award, named after two high-profile contributors. And that had like a bowl or something, right? There was like a trophy? Yeah, there was a trophy. I mean, it, it, it was coined actually uh, – As I think I was sitting there with my head in my hands um, after a particular spectacular outage and Aaron Cope, uh, who's a mutual friend of Paul, I sort of brought it over and it's like, here, you've won the – there was also a uh, chrome wall-mounted – it was actually my first exposure to Etsy um, was another award we had at Flickr, which was a chrome wall-mounted Tyrannosaurus Rex mid-ejaculation, which you can decide if you (laughs) want to edit that out of the podcast or not. No, that's the first thing I ever ever, uh, saw that was acquired on Etsy. Uh, So so these are awards for screwing up. These were awards that we gave to to people for spectacularly screwing up. And in my case, we were about to launch people tagging, um, which was a very scary and uh, very complicated project. On Flickr? On Flickr. Okay. And uh, and so we took the day off and we're just working on minor bugs. I was pretty tired. And I pushed a very small change to the Flickr homepage. And for a very small percentage of the sort of 50 million users or something, it, it caused an infinite loop. And, and I've always maintained it was really Allspaw who was running operations fault because I detected the error within 20 minutes, and he wasn't able to get the fix out to the servers. So an um, infinite
0: loop means that the page just hangs. It's bad. Just, yeah. Okay. And
3: just spinning. The computers are just sort of spinning, using more and more. They're just trying the same thing over and over and over again. To the point where they, they can't do anything else. They are so, for even a very small percentage of users having this infinite loop, it quickly flooded the, all of the computers. And we couldn't push out the fix. I'm just kidding about oh, So you spot. did a
0: denial of
3: service attack against on, on yourself. On yeah. Okay. But, but, you know, the denial of service attack is coming from within the building. Okay. And we tried to fix it. And we tried to fix it. And the computers are so busy. And we eventually just had to call MUD, which was the, the primary Yahoo data center at that point, and say, you know, restart the computers. Like hit the button. Yeah, hit the button. And you sort of hang up the phone, and you're like, "They know to do rolling restarts, right?" Because we're talking about a lot of computers. And then the next thing you hear is, "Is Yahoo Messenger down for anyone else, or just for me?" No, that was (laughs) that was, (laughs) and people (laughs) don't think about Yahoo (laughs) Messenger a lot, but that was how the internet mm, chatted. Yeah, Mm. Um, and yeah, so we had blown a circuit in (sighs) in Yahoo's primary data center, and that was. uh, What did that take to get back up? Uh, Patience. It took patience.
0: Camille, what what about you? What's the worst thing you ever had happen on your watch? Or that you personally did?
2: Let me think about that.
0: I can tell a story. Oh, well, I
2: I do have a story. Thanksgiving. uh, Thanksgiving of like four years ago. I really wish I could remember exactly what happened. But long story short, Rent the Runway went down. And, you know, the problem is nobody's watching because it's Thanksgiving. And so, like, I am hanging out, actually, with my, our mutual friend, Harry, and his wife and my and my husband, and we're watching one of those Nick Cage movies, American American History, American oh, Treasure. National, National treasure. treasure. There we go. We're yeah. watching National Treasure. Proud. Uh, I knew that. And uh, I get a call on my phone, and it's the CEO, and she's like, the site is down. And I'm like, oh. And so, of course, I have to figure out what the hell went wrong. I believe it was something – it was actually, like, not even my team's fault. It was the fault of the
3: uh, – It's always
2: someone else's fault. Well, no. In this Personally
3: case, it was –
2: In this case, it was – well, whatever. The <laughs> cause of the outage, let's put it that way. The cause of the outage was a – like, I believe it was, like, a network switch getting reconfigured by our hosting provider.
0: Oh, and Thanksgiving. On that's Thanksgiving, a good, because, you know, like, it. that's
2: the day to do it. Um, but of course, like I I'm like, oh, well, this is beyond my depth. So I'm having to call our head of ops who finally like picks up his phone and he's, you know, in New Orleans and, like, a little tipsy and we finally get him on and, like, he figures out who to call. And it's just, like, you know, unfortunately, this is not nearly as spectacular as taking down a whole data center. No, but
0: there's an expanding graph of Thanksgiving's being ruined, which yes. is kind of amazing.
2: Yes. And, you know, and I, you know, it, in retrospect, it's, like, no one was really using... This Renting is, this the is, runway this at that this moment. This is before the days when, like, everybody would have, like, their Black Friday deals, like, easing into, like... The day of Thanksgiving, the, you know, and I agree. Kellen's giving me this look like the site should never be down. Camille. No, I'm not. I'm How saying dare that...
3: you? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I was just saying it's not before. Th- I, we had a policy for years at Etsy that no one took Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was just not a holiday we did at Etsy because because wow. you're a commerce site.
2: That's wow. hard. Yeah, that's that hard. Sucks. Well, yeah.
3: Well, actually, that was that was the phrase. Like Thanksgiving is going to suck, but we promised Christmas would be great. <laughs>
2: Well, that doesn't work actually, if we never you are actually doing. followed up on
3: making Christmas great that, that
2: doesn't work, if you are doing rentals and your biggest rental day is New Year's Eve. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, uh-huh. different, different commerce. So profiles. different commerce profiles. Yeah.
0: I had a client once say the words, um, "Do you want to do you want to see your kids or you want to feed your kids?" Too? Wow, oh, yeah. that's a
3: special one. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Actually, one of the other things that came up. It's probably a moment to be, Camille. I actually are, are running a training for engineering managers and directors right now. But the training I really want to run someday, and I want to find a safe space to run it, is managing your CEO. Because like when the CEO calls, it's just like there's this whole adrenaline experience that you have. Because the CEO never calls for a good reason. There's no. never no. like it's just it's just never a good thing. You, kind you just of look want down, to say I was thinking about you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or the like, the emails, like hey, y- you mind jumping on the phone? Like I just I just got a quick phone call. You're just like. This is never going to. end It's true. Well. It's never. Oh. Hey, it's
0: Thanksgiving. I'm, yeah. One of the things I'm thankful for.
3: <laughs> the <laughs> email
1: is subject my line CTO.
3: tried to reach you. Tried to reach you. <laughs> <laughs> tried yeah. to reach you on something. Yeah. yeah. So it's I think strong. there's a whole like it's just a question of finding a safe space. So there's a whole management. We will CEO provide. I can provide you that safe space. Yeah. Actually, mm. we
0: have a space. We have We've had people come and give a semi-off-the-record yeah. talks. Mm. If you ever want to come, yeah. like talk about CEO management and get a bunch of nerds out in New York City. Yeah. We can make that <laughs> Why happen. will they come? <laughs> they really will. It's, it's amazing. People really yeah. – this is a hot subject, right? So, all right. You guys are going to need to go. Yep. You have to. You know, yeah, <laughs> sounded a little worse than <laughs> I meant.
3: Um, I was like, this is not working. This, <laughs> this, is, is, a, tried. <laughs> this is terrible.
0: But the uh, this is actually incredibly, incredibly useful. So I feel uh, you've been really kind of modest about the stuff that you're up to. But what are you like up to? Like people are going to hear this – what do you want people to know about where you're at right now and how they what what do you need?
2: Ah, well, I mean, look, if you are actually interested in management things, I'm doing a few things in that area personally. So I am writing a column for O'Reilly called Ask the CTO. Awesome. And in fact, if you have any questions that you would be interested in getting a a very sort of long and detailed point by point answer to, because that's kind of my style, um, I would love to hear them. Uh, So I'm doing that. I am actually also working on a book around engineering management. And it's literally the the angle for this is very much on the stages that you tend to go through as a manager in an engineering management career. So mentoring, being a tech lead, having a team, having multiple teams, being in more senior management, you know, dealing with all the things from a very much both like a management but an engineer's perspective, right? Like how do you think about these special creatures that are – engineers and and you know help them do well and, and enjoy the career yourself
0: how do i find that o'reilly column
2: that's a good question i mean i think if you search o'reilly ask the cto you'll find it it's okay. uh, i mean it's definitely o'reilly.com if you look under the writers for my name as well it's also linked from your blog it's probably linked from my yes it is linked from my blog which I, is elidedbranches.com
0: E-L-I-D-E-D branches.com mm-hmm. okay yes. what's the story behind that url
2: so I have wildfalls.blogspot.com, and it was called Alighted Branches as the title of the blog. And then when I could finally get the URL, I could not get Wild Falls, unfortunately. So I got Alighted Branches instead. It's a
1: granola brand. Yeah. <laughs> wild Falls is okay. Uh, wild. Wild. F-
2: wild. Wild false, yes. All false. As in, oh, wild, yeah. false. Wild, false. As, wild false. Wild false. Wild false is in the compiler will oh, light it. Out. I was
0: hearing wild false. No, that's <laughs> why no. I no. said granola bread. Yeah, no. Nice. No, well, that,
2: yeah, that really that jump really fell flat. Huh? Wow, Well, well we, a, all in,
0: uh, fruit, we all yeah. got we all got big trouble. there. It's a fruit and Ooh. nut mix. <laughs> in my well. mind. Oh. All right, So you are out in the world doing things and welcoming input. Yes. Okay. What about you, Kellen? What's well, next for you? I'm,
3: I'm making a note to, to answer the question first rather than second after Camille next time I'm asked <laughs> that question. Um, Bought a dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have a small child who I spend a lot of time with, uh, but I'm, I'm also doing consulting. I do a little bit of engineering leadership consulting. I try to work almost one day a week if I can pull it off, try to remember how to write code. It turns out that its uh, it, it is not like riding a bicycle. Uh, actually, the uh, the muscle is the focus muscle is, is the one that yeah. goes after
0: you've been ticking on 15-minute management time. Well, also, they change everything once you're – when you He's go He's still
2: away. writing PHP. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: not true.
3: <laughs> honestly, I'll take that over. Uh, like. Well, and then, I mean, like I mentioned, the other thing that, that Camille and I are working on together is we're actually launching a development program that is a network for managers and directors. You know, we both have benefited from our peer networks, from coaching – and one of the things that I constantly got I tell people like, how do I solve this problem? I'm like, you should go find some people to talk to and they're like, How do I do that? And I'm like, I don't have time to solve that problem for you. <laughs> so now I'm solving that problem for folks. Um, and so that's another thing that we're working on together. Right so now. that's you two together. Yes. That's us together. Okay. Sort of
0: what's the problem I might have? So I have a problem which is I need to, you know, I have a big project
3: that I need to get done by the end of the year. Do I come and talk to you? What do I do? So what we're trying to do is we're actually trying to build cohorts of people that talk to each other and actually sort of have trust networks where you've you know, coming out of that, you know 20-odd people who sort of have the same types of problems that you do who you mm-hmm. might be able to talk to. So do I, as a company owner, come and talk to you? What do I yes. do? Yes. Okay. You, as a company owner, who, who may have engineering managers who you actually may want to be better at their jobs, come and talk yeah. to us. Sure, and they, yeah. they
0: really do. Like, they yeah, they actively absolutely. want to be more engaged.
3: And, and sort of the broad areas of thinking about it is, you know, the, the sort of things that all engineering managers are kind of thrashing through are – I have to build a team like how do I build this team you know and that you never have enough people I asked a friend the other day like how can I help it's like do you know 30 people who could start next week and then I'm like mm-hmm. I'll send you the list uh, but I don't have that list and then there's sort of the like running it day to day like is it supposed to feel like this like yes that is what no- that, that is normal and then occasionally like is it supposed to feel like this like no that is deeply fucked let's debug this problem so those are kind of the rough areas of focus. so I can't hire you guys but I can come talk to you yes well, Actually, you, you can hire you can me. Pay,
0: wow.
2: You can pay us money to come talk to us. Fair yes. enough, too. But like, I, mean, I, can't, yes.
0: I can't hire you as CTOs right now today.
2: Yes, no. no. I, you, know, you can
0: hire me one day a week. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I, I might be interested in a similar arrangement <laughs> uh, for a little while anyway. But I think the reason that we're doing this is we really do see that New York City, because it's an awesome place and it's not just the center of the tech world, has a little bit of a lack of community for people in It's more senior roles in tech, and there are not as many seasoned CTOs. There's not as many seasoned engineering directors and engineering managers, and there are a lot of groups for CTOs and VPs, that and that levels and CEOs and, and you know, but there are not that many groups for people that are below that level. Okay. And so, you know, part of what we're really interested in doing with this particular project that we're working on together is helping people form those networks and just helping that cohort here in New York become more qualified so yeah, that level up. when they become VPs and CTOs themselves, they'll be better at their jobs hopefully because frankly I have too many friends working for you know CTOs and VPs that are just like Terrible. not they're not doing it right it's it's a problem I think in the in the tech industry that we don't respect management and it causes a lot of unhappiness in the engineering world I think so I'd yeah. like to see that problem improve a little bit
0: That's powerful
2: that's great so is is and that, that
0: fiasco or what?
3: No, no, fiasco is something totally different. But I think it's at the heart of uh, first rule of fiasco is you don't talk about fiasco. So, I mean, I actually, I think it's at the heart of the challenge that New York has as a tech industry is like we are relatively young to this work. People are always asking, like, how do you hire engineers in New York? Like, you hire engineers in New York the same way you hire them anywhere else. It's hard work. Or you Um, can go to postlight.com. Or you can go to postlight.com, and they will supply all of your needs. That's contact at postlight.com. It's a great email address. (laughs) But there are other ways to solve problems besides hiring my company. Fair enough. That is legit. But even if we have great engineers, and obviously there's great design talent in New York, like there is this just – dearth of management talent. It's a real... like It's a desert. And like that's what we're trying to solve. Okay. So does that have a name, this new
0: cohort?
2: It should, but it doesn't. It
0: doesn't. <laughs> okay. So it's that new. So right now, if I want yeah. to talk to you about that or come to an event or whatever, none of that fully exists, but it will exist soon. And it's, I get in touch with Kellan or I get in touch with, with Camille. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you yep. guys want to host an event at our space?
1: Possibly. Possibly.
0: I mean, we're happy to. We'd be sure. happy to enable that. So... Sounds good. Awesome. Now we got a plan. All right. Cool. Thank you guys for coming. This is super great. This was a lot of fun. Camille, thank you.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Kellen, thank you. My pleasure. Well, you know, I think typically when people leave, you kind of want to trash talk them, but they were great. They were really good. They are very, very smart, very it's, together people.
1: Yeah, and actually, they actually care about the perspective they're in, and they're not just sort of ah, the hell with that. That was ridiculous. No, they, they want to build it.
0: They want to build a culture where people can do meaningful work. Yeah, which
1: I I admire. Would you um, Would you work with those people? I really would. I, I would I, too. Right. I was as I'm listening to both of them talk, I'm I'm thinking to myself, why did I have to work with? That other person. I know. Seriously, like these are really (laughs) strong. These would be great CTOs in your organization. No, I just caused eleven people who I've worked with to wonder. Uh, You're gonna a lot of LinkedIn connections
0: are gonna die tonight. (laughs) A lot of like, why am I suddenly down to 492 connections? (laughs) So listen, if you like this program, and some of you do, the way to demonstrate that is not necessarily to give us any money or to do anything that would actually require any severe effort or for you to suffer in any way. I don't want you to suffer. What I want you to do is move one finger over the trackpad or the mouse and go to iTunes and give us a rating. Four stars would be fine. Five stars would actually be better. Good. Just really good. And write a little review. People are writing reviews. And what that lets the world know is that maybe they should listen to this. Maybe they should jump into the community that is Track Changes. And that gives us the will that we need to continue. Yeah, to move forward. If you need us for anything, not just to give us money and and hire us for things, but to ask us questions. We love it. We love hearing from anyone. You can tell us what you like. You can tell us what you don't like. Just send an email to contact... At postlight.com. That goes straight to Rich and me. And we love hearing from people. Yep. So we'll see you next week. Rich, let's head back to the office. Let's go. Back to work. Bye.